the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN Pinellas Park. WTWD Plant City. WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Online at Let's Talk Faith. Versions of this hour have been pre recorded for broadcast at this time. Odyssey. The following program was pre recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. What Peter is saying is, instead of, of preaching to these men, stop your preaching and live a life of godly submission, pure behavior, and let them see Christ in you, and you may indeed win them to the Lord when they recognize Christ in your life. It's by your behavior. Be quiet in terms of preaching to them and just live a life. That's how you convince the world. That's how you gain credibility. Win them without a word. After his resurrection, Jesus said that his disciples would receive the Holy Spirit, and then he said, you shall be my witnesses. That wasn't a command, it was a prophecy. Our lives testify more eloquently about Jesus than anything we can say. Clearly, we have a mandate to tell people about God's saving grace, but it's our lives that will put the stamp of authenticity on our proclamations. This is Verse by Verse, a radio Bible class led by pastor-teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been serving at Lakeside for more than 26 years, and now we've added radio to that ministry. Pastor Steve is going to be continuing to teach on the instructions Jesus gave to his disciples when he sent them on that first short-term missions trip in Matthew chapter 10. Pastor Steve has been sharing about the importance of focus. Now we are about to move on to another critical component for ministry, credibility. Here is Pastor Steve with today's lesson. So the first biblical principle about ministry is that ministry for Christ must be focused. You've got to concentrate on where God has called you. The second biblical principle about ministry is that ministry for Christ must proclaim Him as Lord and King. But now the third biblical principle about ministry is that ministry for Christ requires credibility. It requires credibility. Verse 8, the beginning of this, says, Heal, Jesus said, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Now, in our brief examination the last two weeks of the lives of the twelve apostles, we have discovered that they were rather common, ordinary men. We're just, just plain men, fishermen, craftsmen. Nothing out of the ordinary. None of them were trained theologians. None of them had formal rabbinical schooling. So why would the Jewish people of Galilee listen to them? At least Jesus was, was noted as a rabbi. But why listen to these men? Why, why would you listen to, your, to the local fishermen coming and the local craftsmen coming to tell you about, about the king? The reason is because Jesus had sovereignly chosen these men to be his official representatives. And the way that they would prove that they were his spokesmen was by performing 
miraculous miracles, miraculous signs that pointed back to Christ. That's precisely why Jesus now is telling them to go heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. And that's precisely why in verse 1, it says that he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. You see, those types of miracles were the things that Jesus was doing as he was touring Galilee. So that when the apostles would do the same things, people would take note and say, oh, oh, they're just like Jesus. Nobody else is doing this. And it would give them credibility by proving to the people that they were Christ's representatives. They spoke like Christ. They gave the same message as Christ. And now they did the same miracles as Christ. In fact, years later, the apostle Paul told the Corinthians that the the power to do these miracles were uniquely given only to the apostles. Many people don't understand that and they think they're supposed to be doing that today. And yet, in 2 Corinthians 12, 12, Paul specifically says this, and it makes no sense if your average ordinary Christian can do this. He said, the signs of a true apostle were performed among you with all perseverance by signs and wonders and miracles. Paul, in defending his ministry, his apostolic ministry to the church at Corinth, was saying the way you can know that I'm an apostle, that I can do something that, that others can't. God has given me the authority, the ability to perform signs and wonders and miracles. Now, if every Christian can do that, then that doesn't make any sense. So the question is, what about us? We are not apostles. We have not been given the authority to perform miracles as signs of authenticity. What is it that authenticates us as valid witnesses of Jesus Christ? What is it that gives us credibility as ministers for Christ? In other words, in light of all kinds of religious frauds and, and false teachers who claim to represent Christ, how can people know today if we are the true representatives of Jesus Christ? With all these people out there saying that they're, they're really the church of Jesus Christ, they're his ministers, they represent him, send me a lot of money and I'll tell you more, that type of thing. How do you know? How can anybody know? The answer is very simple. A godly life that reflects the character of Jesus Christ. That's what will convince people. That's what will show them. Godly behavior that reflects Christ's character is the only way that the world can objectively evaluate if we are Christ's representatives. They may not believe on the gospel. They may not believe on Christ. But the only way they can know that we stand for the Lord is that we reflect Him in our behavior. Let, let me have you turn to John chapter 13. This is precisely what Jesus was talking about in John chapter 13, as he served the apostles by washing their feet and humbling himself and showing them love that he had for them. He says in verse 34 of John 13, a new commandment I give to you. This is something new, he said. That you love one another, but not just love one another. Notice this. Even as I have loved you with that sacrificial humility that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, meaning this love that you're showing to one another, all men will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. The Lord was saying, if you act like me and, and you treat one another with humility and service, and lay down your life and, and have a caring, shepherding concern, and the world will know that you belong to me. That's why Peter, and I want you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. There's a number of places in the New Testament that address this. 1 Peter chapter 3. Peter, in speaking to 
Christian wives married to non-Christian husbands who could be mean and and abusive. Non-Christian husbands who who could be very, very difficult to live with. And they they were having a type of suffering that others don't even know about. Peter writes, 1 Peter 3, in the same way you wives be submissive to your own husbands so that even if any of them are disobedient to the Word, by that expression, disobedient to the Word, he means they're, they're not believers. They may be one. Meaning they could be one to Christ without a Word by the behavior of their wives as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. What Peter is saying is instead of, of preaching to these men, stop your preaching and live a life of godly submission, pure behavior, and let them see Christ in you, and you may indeed win them to the Lord when they recognize Christ in your life. It's by your behavior. Be quiet in terms of preaching to them, and just live a life. That's how you convince the world. That's how you gain credibility. Win them without a word. Now, there has to come a time where where the gospel is presented, but he means don't be a, a nagging preacher to them. That's what he's talking about. And this is why the Apostle Paul taught Timothy and Titus that elders and deacons and deaconesses must be individuals who are spiritually qualified to represent Jesus Christ in their official capacities. Other, otherwise, you have no credibility. See, folks, the way that we gain credibility with unbelievers is by practicing our faith before a very cynical world And practically speaking, this means that we have to care more about our testimony than our personal comforts and conveniences. And there are all kinds of ways to apply this. So so take note of that. It means that your testimony and how you come across to others is more important than being comfortable and, and, and having things be convenient for you. It means that we're still to be kind to waiters and waitresses even when they give us bad service. That there's no license to be nasty. You're to reflect Christ. It means that you don't have road rage when someone cuts you off. It means that we need to be patient with those who are very demanding and obnoxious and irritating. And it means that we need to forgive those who sin against us. It it means that our testimony for Christ comes first. That's what gives credibility. For me to live, Paul said, is Christ. It's not about me. It's not about getting good service. It's not about people treating me well. It's about my testimony to reflect Christ. That's what gives credibility. And at times, gaining credibility means that you give up your rights. There are certain things that we have every right to have, but that doesn't mean that you have to use them. I don't have the time to look at 1 Corinthians 9. I'll just encourage you to read this on your own. But, but Paul said that there were times where, where he said, when I was with the The Jewish people, I became like a Jewish person. When I was with the Gentiles, I became like a a Gentile. He said, all things to win people to Christ. What did he mean by that? That's 1 Corinthians 9. He meant that that he gave up the right to eat all kinds of of food when he was with Jewish people. There were times he was with Jewish people who ate only kosher food. And even though Paul had liberty to eat anything he wanted, Paul said, I, I restrained because of my witness to these unsaved Jewish people. Did Paul have a right to eat whatever he wanted? Absolutely. He taught that. He didn't always take that right. There were times when Paul would be with uh, Gentiles when they entertained him. He made sure that he ate food that they ate, even though it may not have personally appealed to him. It may have been food that had been previously sacrificed to, to pagan idols. It may have been things that were just foreign to Paul's taste, 
Uh, but he ate it because he didn't want in any way to discredit the gospel and give the wrong impression. Listen, Paul even gave up his, his rights to, be, to receive payment from those he ministered to. That was his right. He says that at the beginning of 1 Corinthians 9. He had every right to be paid for his services. But in those days, people could have easily misunderstood that Paul was very mercenary. Who, who is this, this Paul and who is this gospel? What is this gospel he's preaching? And so Paul refrained from that. It was his right. And there will be times when you and I need to refrain from doing certain things or even saying certain things because it might be misunderstood. In and of themselves, these things may not be sins, but they might be misunderstood as sinful behavior, and it might discredit our testimony. You see, let, let me explain something I've, I've learned in ministry over the years. In ministry, perception is just important as reality. Perception is just important as reality. If you unintentionally give people the impression that your behavior is sinful, even if it's not, then you can lose all credibility as a minister for Christ. If people think that it's wrong, you've lost credibility. So you do everything that you can short of compromising God's word to make sure you don't lose credibility. Now, up to this point, we've seen Jesus tell his disciples who to minister to? Jewish people. What to say to these Jewish people? Your king has arrived. How to give their witness credibility by doing supernatural miracles. But now the Lord is going to bring up an issue that has brought great harm to the cause of Christ and has damaged the reputation of many ministers and Christians in terms of the gospel. He's going to bring up their approach to the issue of money. And that's the fourth biblical principle about ministry, and is this. Ministry for Christ must be free of charge. Must be free of charge. Notice the end of verse 8. Jesus simply says, freely you receive, freely give. What a great statement. Having just instructed the apostles to preach, as well as heal the sick, cast out demons, raise up the dead, now the Lord makes it very clear, notice this, that they are not to charge anyone money for doing their ministry. When he says, freely you receive, freely give, he means that all they had in terms of their ability to preach, in terms of their authority to perform miracles, that was all given to them freely. Jesus didn't charge them for that. And they... Therefore, we're not to demand a fee for their services either. Whatever they had, Jesus gave them. Whatever we have, Jesus gives us. We're not to charge. He didn't charge us. That's a very critical truth for Christian ministry. We're not talking about business, by the way. You do, you do business with people. It's an understood thing that, that there's a charge for services, but not ministry. Ministry is not business. It's a very critical truth about Christian ministry. And it was extremely important for the apostles to understand this. Why? Do you realize how much money these men could have made? They were in a healing ministry. Do you realize how much people will pay for their health? And this was in a day and age where medical science was virtually unknown and diseases were so prevalent. Do you realize how wealthy these men could have become? Jesus wanted them to know right up front that was not the way it was to be with them. There's a man in Acts chapter 8. His name is Simon. He's a man who saw the miracles being done in the early church, and he wanted that for himself. And in Acts chapter 8, we read about him. He had been a magician, then supposedly was saved. But as we read on in chapter 8, it appears certainly that this man was not truly converted. 
But it says in verse 18, now when Simon saw that the Spirit was bestowed through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money. He offered the apostles money to get their power. That's what this is saying. He said, give this authority to me as well, (laughs) so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, may your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have no part or portion or for, uh, in this matter for your heart is not right before God. Listen, Peter got it. And it all began back here in Matthew chapter 10 when Jesus said, Peter and the rest of you men, freely you've been given everything, don't charge. Don't charge. I didn't charge you, don't, you don't charge anyone else. So this man Simon is an example of what the apostles were not to turn into. So therefore, in light of the possibility that the apostles could begin to sell their services, the Lord is making it very clear they are not to take advantage of desperate people by charging money for their ministry. And folks, that holds true today. That principle holds true today. Those who minister for Christ are never to put a price tag on their ministry. False teachers are notorious for this. They charge for their services and they charge a lot. In 2 Peter 3, Peter says concerning false teachers, they have a heart that's trained in greed. They exploit people, he says, financially. But those who represent Christ are to be like him in the area of finances. What do you have that Jesus has given you that he charged you for? It's it's all of grace, all of grace. So we're not to charge anyone else as we serve them. If you charge for ministry, it's no longer ministry. It's business. This is why the New Testament says so much about pastors and money. Because if a man of God isn't careful, greed for money can ruin his ministry. It can make him a mercenary who does ministry only to make money off of people rather than a servant who does ministry out of love for Christ and people. Paul told both Timothy and Titus that one of the qualifications for an elder is that he must be free from the love of money. And Peter exhorted the elders that he ministered to, he said in 1 Peter 5, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness. Don't do it for money. Do it eagerly, but not for money. But we're not. We're not those who who need to do things for money. We need to follow what our Lord says. But I want you to notice this. Not only are the apostles told not to charge money for their services, but the Lord proceeds to tell them something that's, that's going to sound very strange to us. He tells them they are not to take any money while on this upcoming preaching tour. Don't charge money. Don't even take money with you. Notice verses 9 and 10. Do not acquire gold or silver or copper for your money belts or a bag for your journey. It means a money bag. Or even two coats or sandals or a, or a staff for the worker is worthy of his support. Now, now what Jesus is saying is this. When you get ready, when you get ready to go, don't pack any money. Don't even take, don't even take a change purse. Don't take a money bag. Now, why did he tell them this? Who goes on a trip and doesn't take money? Who would possibly do that? But that's what the Lord told them. And there's a reason for this. And when we come back next week, we will see what that reason is. But let's bow for prayer. For today, we need to understand that ministry for Christ must be based on biblical principles. We're we're not the ones to establish 
what those guidelines are. Biblical principles, not based on what seems right to us. And folks, whether you're in full-time ministry or not, this applies to all of us. When we minister for Jesus, first, we need to be focused. Are you? Are there things that you need to say, I'm, I'm doing too much. I, I can't do this. Other people can do it. And if somebody says to you, well, then it won't get done, then it won't get done. Then it won't get done. The kingdom will not be hindered. God's sovereign plan won't be hindered because you can't do everything. Do what you do best and focus on that. When we minister for Christ, we need to present Him as Savior as well as Lord. Don't be afraid of telling people about the Lordship of Christ. Don't be afraid because they might turn away from Christ. So they might turn away from Christ. That's, that's God's business to deal sovereignly in their hearts. Jesus never sugarcoated the gospel. He is the King. He is Savior and King, and we don't divide His personhood. When we minister for Christ, we make sure that our motivation is love and not money. And maybe it's not money that motivates you with ministry, but maybe it's recognition. Maybe it's getting a thank you. Maybe it's people expressing their gratitude or treating you better or, or holding you in high esteem. Those are all wrong motives for ministry. Ministry for Christ must be motivated by love, not something you get from people. Now, the Lord is very particular in how we witness to the lost, how we reach out, because he cares about those who are lost and he wants them to understand the gospel. Question is, do you understand it? Do you understand that he's the one who died on the cross for sinners and graciously offers salvation to all? Question is, will you receive his offer by repenting of your sin and trusting him as Savior as well as Lord? I urge you to do that. And if there's any help that I can give or our leaders can give, just, just come and see us. Father, we thank you for instructing us this morning, Lord, in, in helping us to understand this challenging chapter. But Lord, what a rich chapter it is. I pray that you'll help us as individuals, as a church body, to know how to do ministry the way Christ wants it done. Lord, we go in your name. We need to do it your way. And I pray that you'll give each of us wisdom to learn from, from these truths and to apply them as broad principles in our lives. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to reflect you, to have credibility in our behavior. I pray that you'll help us to be mindful that it's not about us, it's about you. And to never discredit the gospel because we're impatient or intolerant or in any way demanding. I pray, Father, that you'll take these truths, bring them deeply home to our hearts. And I pray for those, Lord, who still need to trust the Savior as, as Lord and King and Savior, that you'll draw them to yourself. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. That wraps up our lesson for today, but not our study on the instructions that Jesus gave for that first short-term missions trip. I hope you can join us for the next verse by verse and the start of Pastor Steve's second message on the subject. In fact, I urge you to continue with us in order to have a complete picture of what Jesus told his disciples, how it fits with later instructions for them, and then how they apply to us. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, has been leading us in a series of lessons based in Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 through 10. 
Pastor Steve has been serving at Lakeside since 1981. We at Verse by Verse Ministries are delighted to make his practical, expository messages available to you through this excellent radio station. We would like to thank those of you who have helped support Verse by Verse Ministries by your prayers and gifts. If you missed the start of class, you can hear the whole lesson at our website, versebyverseradio.org. Either download it or listen online. In fact, you might like to sign up for our free podcasting service. We have previous programs available on our archives page, and there's also a link on the site so that you can sign up for our complimentary newsletter. You will find all that and more at versebyverseradio.org. Today's class was the conclusion of a three-part message. You can order a CD or cassette with the entire message if you call us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours. That number again, 727-441-1714. While the instructions Jesus gave His disciples here in Matthew chapter 10 were specific to that particular assignment, we will see in a later lesson that Jesus gave different instructions to them just before His crucifixion. Yet we can learn a lot for our own ministries from this passage. One of the things the disciples learned as a result of following Jesus' directions was that He provided for all their needs. This was a faith-building exercise for them. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.